0: Good morning, one and all. It's great to be with you. I read a story some time ago about a minister who, uh, as he approached his Bible message, he said, I must apologise this morning for the length and the content of my Bible message. You see, my puppy got into my office and chewed up all of my notes. Well, after the service of visiting parishioner she came up to him and said, Oh, Reverend, that was a lovely service today, a very compact Bible message, but I've got one small favour to ask of you. When your dog has pups, would you mind sending one over to Reverend Johnson's house? (laughs) We'd be most appreciative. (laughs) Well, the last three weeks, we've looked at this series that we've been doing called Chosen Clothed, and this week it's Commissioned. But, you know, God needs to commission a people for his sake and for the world's. In Leviticus 20, verses 7 and 8, it says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. We don't strive to be holy it's God who makes us holy if we rest in him and stay close to him. Read your Bible, pray, spend time with him. He is the one who makes you holy, to consecrate, to be separate. That's the part that we do. We take God seriously. This is an Old Testament verse in Leviticus where they didn't know the Lord in the way that we know him. But consecrate, they had to make a decision and on this day that they would set themselves apart to worship. Then God made them holy. It's an ongoing process of holiness. Sometimes the lines get blurred, but we need to be a different people. In 1 Peter 1: 15 and 16, he took up on these verses. Uh, these these couple of verses from Leviticus. And Peter wrote, But just as he who called you is holy, so be ho- holy in all you do. For it is written, because I am holy, be holy because I am holy. You see, when we outward live Christ living within us, we're called, we're called to be different in the world. But so often things need to change. I think sometimes we need to change the places we go. The books we read, the films we watch, television or Netflix. I'd like $10 for every time that Jeanette and I have turned the television off. We've gone to Netflix and thought, gee, this looks like an interesting movie. And then about 15, 20 minutes, half an hour into the show, the language starts or the scenes on television is not what should be in our homes. We've got a plaque in our kitchen. Christ is ahead of this house, the unseen guest at every listening to every conversation, the unseen guest at every meal. And I think, now, wait a minute, we, this is in my home. And the next thing, the best thing on television I can find is a little switch to turn it off. Because we should not watch some things and they should not be part of our lives. You see, we battle enough with the problem of sin in our lives. God has called us to be holy. But uh, I read a story of a Christian college professor and he put it like this He said, I'm, a no- I'm nice to my students, respectful to my colleagues. I love my family, I don't steal, commit adultery, use drugs or swear and I floss regularly. But when I look at myself honestly, I see that I harbour bitterness, hoard my time and resent others intruding on me. I'm vain and consumed with how others perceive me. I wrestle with my sexuality and I've strayed with my eyes and my heart. I pretend to listen, but I don't. I think more about being great than being good. I act more spiritual than I am. I'm a mess, broken in every way, and my only hope is God's mercy and grace. Holiness. There are times when we may say, I know I'm going to heaven, but this holiness business, that's just too hard. I can't do that. It's too difficult. Of course you can't. None of us can. We need the Lord and his Holy Spirit for it is by grace alone that we are saved. It's by grace alone that we, all of us, can be holy for the Lord. Not for our sake, but for his. In Matthew 5, 6, it says here, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When's the last time you honestly could say you've hungered and thirsted for being righteous? I think sometimes we take it all for granted. But we need to be like Jesus. A song I sung as a young fellow at church was this, to be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. In every thought and deed, this is my aim, my creed, to be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. His spirit helping me, like him I'll be. What about a song we've sung here at church ourselves, "Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire. Listen, My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. Is that your one desire, to be like Jesus? Is this the hope that possesses you? You see, Jesus living within us, it's the greatest treasure we can ever have. We cannot find anything in this world that can compare to Jesus living within Why is it we take it so half-heartedly on occasions? Why hasn't it stirred our hearts to be more serious about being God's chosen person in this world? Called, chosen, clothed. All the work of God's Holy Spirit upon our lives and the presence of Jesus living within And now we're looking at being commissioned. But You know, this is a real treasure, this Jesus living within. 2 Corinthians 4.7 But we have this treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We cannot be holy on our own. We need God to do that work for us. Once we start to live with this view, once we start to live with this attitude of mind and heart, we start to live a life with a God-given purpose, to live for something greater than ourselves. Joshua said to the people of Israel, Moses had set them free from Egypt through the great Passover and then a crossing of the Red Sea that they're looking at today. Joshua said to them, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But he said then, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're saved not to sit. We're saved to serve. Allowing God's Holy Spirit to work that miracle in our lives day after day that we are a holy people. Men and women, boys and girls living for God because of what he's done for us. The Great Commission words of Jesus they read in Matthew 28 18 to 20 the last three or four verses of the chapter of Matthew then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The mantle of the Great Commission. I bet you, every one of you are glad that you're saved and I trust that you all know the Lord Jesus as your friend and saviour. But you know... There's a mantle to carry. There's a cross to carry. There's a mantle we've got to place on our shoulders to take on this great commission and use every opportunity that God gives us to spread the word. I quite readily say to people, God bless you. I was outside the shop recently. Jeanette was inside seeing our daughter-in-law. And this lady, probably about my age, came up to me. I was sitting in the sun. It was quite a cool day at Springwood. And she said, catching a bit of sun, are we? I said, yeah, it's a bit cool out here, but it's a lovely day and it's a beautiful country in which we live. And she started to go away and said, God bless you, madam. Have a lovely day. And she walked a few steps and she came back and she said, and God bless you too. It's making a God moment in this world that doesn't think about God very much. I seem to think that when this lady came back, The way she said it, she said it with a sincere heart and I think she could have been a believer. But one man who was a believer was William Carey. Let me give you a praise of his life over about three minutes. He was the instigator that started the modern-day Christian missionary movement. In 1761, William Carey was born In 20 years later he married his wife, 1783, William began preaching at a Baptist church when he, where he continued to run his shoemaking business to support the family. William moved his family to Moulton, England, where he became a schoolmaster. He studied further, and in 1789, William Carey became the full-time pastor of Harvey Lane Baptist Church in Leicester, England. 1792... William Carey published his missionary manifesto, building it on Matthew 28, 18 to 20, go into all the world. One of the things he said regularly was, expect great things for God and attempt great things for God. William and his family arrived in Calcutta, India in November 1793. In 1797, William completes the first draft of the Bengali New Testament. During this time, he suffered malaria and was very sick for some time. His son, Peter, five, died of dysentery. His wife had a mental breakdown and needed to be physically restrained and cared for for the rest of her life. It broke his heart. In 1799, Kerry was joined by two other missionaries and the group became known as the Serampore Trio. In 1800, William moved his family to the Danish, pen, um, Danish colony of Serampore, and he baptised his first believer after seven years. His name was Krishna Powell and he previously was a Hindu. In 1801, William became a professor of Sanskrit and Bengali at Fort William, Calcutta and he, the, the first New Testament is printed. 1818, Kerry's mission founded the Singapore Serampore College to train indigenous ministers for the growing church. In 1834, he passed away. By the time Kerry died, he had spent 41 years in India without furlough. His mission could count some 700 converts. But he had laid an impressive foundation of Bible translations education and social reform. I looked up on Google, Mr Google and in India in 2011 at the last census there was 27.8 million Christians more people than who are living in Australia and he was the one who started that great work. Commissioned. The dictionary clarified it as this way Obeying an order, charge or direction given by someone in authority. Well, it came right from the top, didn't it? Matthew 28. And that reads again. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and he went on to say, he's with us till the end of the age. Commissioned. I'm wondering if you've ever thought of taking that mantle upon your own shoulders. Where's your heart? We've been called to obey this charge and it still stands today. The disciples were fearful, afraid and timid until the Holy Spirit filled their lives that's next week but this is all part of being commissioned we can't be commissioned without the ministry of the holy spirit active in our lives 24 7 not just on sundays when we come a warm 18 inches on in a pew on a very cold sunday morning but you know we come here to be inspired by the word of God, inspired by each other. You know, your very presence and sitting in this church here this morning is an encouragement to each of us because we've come here in this fellowship of believers and our presence, whether we say much, our presence here is a witness to the saving and glory of God. But where is your heart today? Regardless of where it is, the Great Commission still stands. Go and make disciples. I went to a special open day at the fire museum yesterday. My sons are fiery. There are lots of fire trucks and cranes and lifts and demonstrations. It was a wonderful day. But it says, go into all the world. I think I saw just about every nationality in Australia yesterday and which was just wonderful to see we don 't have to go far to go into this world as soon as we speak to our neighbor, we have the chance to share our faith in matthew five sixteen it says, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The person i 'd like to share with you in closing is about I'd say he would have been one of my closest friends in the faith. I only knew John Taylor for about 11 and a half, 12 years. He and his wife at Colleen, Life Colleen, worship at Glenbrook Baptist Church. John would come up to you on a Sunday morning and say, Good day, brother, how are you going? He'd smile from ear to ear. He headed up the, um, uh, a friendship club of which there's some, about 50 people would come and have a meal once a month at the church. There'd be a guest speaker. He then took on the mantle of a Bible study uh, when he was about 1980. He was about, uh, sorry, he was about 80 years old. And uh, he did that for about six years. The last couple of years he had a bit of trouble with a knee and a hip and he'd hobble around a bit with a walking stick. But there were many times with John and Colleen that we would meet um, on a Saturday for lunch together somewhere. We'd go for a drive and meet there, and then we'd uh, get there about 12 o'clock and we'd be starting to say our goodbyes at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Great friends. The number of times that John phoned me, either when Jeanette had been sick or myself in for some kind of surgery or follow up with a doctor, the phone would ring. And I'd say to Jeanette, it's 3559, oh, it's John, it's John. And he'd get on the phone. I remember at hospital, day or two after surgery, it would ring. My mobile would ring, it's John here, Ray. He'd visit, he'd pray with people. If there was anybody new at church, he'd go and make them welcome and invite them to the Friendship Club and find out how they were doing. If he knew there were sicknesses or problems, he'd be praying for them. John was a servant of the Lord. He took upon his shoulders the Great Commission, like William Keary, like each of us should do. You know, we don't have a choice. It's a command. If you're a believer in the Christ and he has saved you, it's not a maybe, it's a given. Are you going to run with it or not? I had to pray at John's funeral. And um, part of my prayer... are the words I want to just recite to you in a moment. The words of the verse of this song, I'll read it, and then I'll read the verse of the chorus, the words of the chorus. This is about the world in which we live. How great the darkness. How deep the need. How vast the problems of indifference, hate and greed. A world rejecting the truth once known and slipping down into a nightmare of its own. Is there a light that's strong enough to go and metamorphosise the darkness that we know? And as I read this chorus, these words... I want you to take them upon your own heart in the first person. It says, I am the candle of the Lord. With truth and love more powerful than sword. Oh, fan the flame, its single gleam diffuse. And let my spirit be the light that you can use. I am. You are the candle of the Lord. Light me. Light me. Let us pray. Father God, when I think about my friend, I'm saddened because he passed away. A couple of months ago. And as I held his hand, he was totally blind. He could still hear. I'd shared with him, I said, John, you and I may not meet here again on earth, but I'll meet you in heaven, not because we're good enough, but because Jesus is good enough. And he's called us to be his disciples and to disciple others. And John, you did that. He did that. But Father God, you've called us here today. We've heard this Bible message of all that you have done for us through your mighty Holy Spirit. Dwelling within these jars of clay, help us to take it serious, this call to be your disciples and to take upon our shoulders the Great Commission. Bless each person who's bowing their head right now, Father God, and may they see their lives as a light in this broken world, that we can make a difference. We can be the people that you have called us to be. Face the battles that come our way strengthened by the grace and the presence of God in our lives and then we can encourage others. Please bless each of my brothers and sisters who are bowed before you. Use us, I pray, for your glory and for your praise only, not for ours. I pray this prayer. Let God have his way in your life today, I pray, for Jesus' sake. For his glory and praise. Amen. May God bless you each one.